What is up, everybody? This might sound a little different because John is in Spain because we've got the London game this week, so we're going international with the national pa the national pastime pod. So this is intern J Rob and Toaster here today, holding down the fort out in the states, while John is out in Spain living the life. How you doing today, Toaster? It's the international pastime now, right? There you go. Um, no, I'm I'm happy that we're getting a legitimate footprint in uh, in Europe right now. That's what NFL Network's trying to do. Uh, maybe we get bought out soon too. Uh, DirecTV Sunday Ticket I know is up for sale. This podcast, I will say, for the right amount of money, you can have this talent. Yeah, we it would be a tough sell, but you know we're willing to negotiate for any <laughs> compensation, any big buyouts. Um, exactly. Speaking of buyouts, I did not have a payout this week for my parlays going two and two. And I believe we all three of us went two and two in the primetime parlays um, for on games that weren't really expected to go the way they went. So we'll start with the main ones or start with the primetime games. Steelers, Browns, <clears throat> Browns kind of handled this one, though it was kind of close in the end. But any takeaways from this or is this kind of just. Browns are waiting for Deshaun, and the Steelers have. This do they is have an looking, identity? This is looking like Mike Tomlin finally falling below 500 as a coach. I think that there was a reason they extended him uh, in the offseason that they knew that this was going to be a tough transition. And watching that offense, I there it took everything in my soul to not say just throw Kenny Pickett in there and you can't go worse than this right and not True. saying Trubisky had a t terrible game but you understand your ceiling with Trubisky get Pickett some games um, the problem with the Steelers right now is their schedule gets nasty after this uh, they get if they're not going to put in Pickett this week um, against the Jets it goes Bills Bucks Dolphins Eagles Saints Bengals Colts you're not touching Ooh. him until you know your bye week after um, after the Eagles at the very least. So uh, for me, Steelers don't have any identity without JJ Watt. Um, this meant nothing to me for the Browns. I think the NFL threw the Browns a softball schedule for the first six games, knowing that Deshaun was going to be suspended at least that. But Jacoby's holding up the fort just fine. Yeah. Or I guess you got to give credit to Chubb, right? Chubb's really the one that's carrying the load here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the Browns run game did what they needed to do. Brissett is playing probably better than I was expecting him to play. But yeah, I just, both teams just feel uninspired for different reasons for me. Like, this, do you think, do you think they'll play picket through this grindhouse of a schedule? Or do you think Tomlin's looking at the schedule <clears throat> and thinks, eh, we'll let Trubisky kind of take some, take some bruises before we throw picket in there? I mean, there's nothing from the Steelers' offense that says that throwing Pickett in is going to change the outcome and the win-loss column at this point, uh, especially with J.J. Watt on the sideline. Uh, until they think that they're going to win more games than they lose substantially with Pickett mm -hmm. over Trubisky, I say you, you let Pickett understand what uh, getting rocked in the NFL is from the sideline and let him learn a little bit more and just keep throwing Trubisky's uh, career under the bus, unfortunately. Um, one thing I was looking forward to after this this week was uh, with Brissett getting the win on uh, on Thursday. I was excited that this was going to be um, an unofficial statistic the first time in 
the history of the NFL, just to go exorbitant on this, um, that the quarterback drafted by the same team, four quarterbacks drafted by the same team, won a game in the same week. I was going for oh, Jacoby Brissett against the Steelers. Uh, I was going for Mac Jones against the Ravens, Tom Brady against the Packers, and then Jimmy G um, against the Broncos. So uh, I, I was on a I was on a heater there for that first game, and that kind of fell through. I'm sure we can get to the rest of the games <laughs> here shortly. You're like it's working perfectly, and you're like, no. Oh uh, well, they fell into my trap. <laughs> Speaking of traps and jinxes and everything in between and another identity identity list team the Niners and the Broncos on Sunday night I'm gonna let you start because I don't know how I feel about any such both teams because I was high on both teams going into the year and I have zero confidence in both teams right now that do you have faith in either of these teams what do you how do you feel about this game if the 49ers didn't lose Trent Williams, I would still be okay with the 49ers. Um, that was to me, it seems like both of these teams are running away from their problems. Jimmy Garoppolo is straight trying to run out of the end zone to <laughs> avoid his own problems. Oh, um, I, to me, the biggest takeaway here is the 49ers are going to take a little bit of time because they didn't give Jimmy G a single damn rep in the offseason. Can you imagine? It, this is like trading somebody before week one. This reminds me of like, um, when Teddy Bridgewater went down um, for for the Vikings, and they just ship off um, was it Stafford at the time? Or um, sorry, not Stafford, Bradford. Um, no. Bradford at the time, yeah. yeah. And they're just like, this is a desperation play, and it, it went miserably for a little bit there. It's because you're not learning a new offense for Jimmy G, but you have zero rep, zero connection. It's been a surgery removed from even throwing to Ayuk, to Debo Samuel, to George Kittle. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time, but damn, I did not expect it to look quite this bad. To me, the Broncos still look worse, though. Like, yeah, letting Russ cook, I, I was expecting Russ to come in like a damn cooking show where, you know, you're like, okay, here's your ingredients. And then, oh, shit, look what we already have in the oven. This thing's been baking for 45 minutes and it's ready to go. This right. is how we do our show. And instead, it's like we're legit sitting there for 45 minutes watching the souffle, souffle rise or something like that because it was it was damn near awful. He didn't push it downfield at all until they were completely desperate to do so. Yep. And I, I, giving Melvin Gordon as many touches as he did with the two fumbles was kind of shocking to me over Javante Williams. I... I I've heard rumors that uh, Hackett wanted to go for it on a fourth down um, in his own territory and had to be basically talked out of it by his own team, by his own coaching staff. Like I believe they had to call timeout over it. There looks like there's some issues on the Broncos side of things, and yeah. I would be more concerned for the Broncos than I would be for the 49ers right now. And I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, add to the shit show that is Nathaniel Hackett right now. They hired, what, a former... It was like a former coach to do in-game operation like coaching. Basically, he hired a coach to coach him on how to coach. So it's, it, it's like a holdback coach in college, except one that actually like is analytical like, how do I and do tells this? you what to do instead of just grabbing you by the ass band. Okay. Yeah, and it's like <clears throat> it makes me worry being like, what kind of handholding were you getting in Green Bay? That or like, well, I mean, uh, you know how to sell yourself, I guess, but. Well, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's what I've said about Mike McCarthy, and um, we'll get to that game eventually. But it's like, if you're not in charge of 
game management offense or defense, then what the fuck are you in charge of, right? Like, yeah. if Nathaniel Hackett can't hack it as anything more than a play caller offensive coordinator, then why the fuck are you not just the OC? Yeah. And even so, then, it's like, what do you call Like, if you're going to run the OC, like, there are plenty of coaches that show they can run circles around other teams with offensive calling that it is concerning. And my biggest takeaway is this is probably the closest it's felt I can't believe I'm saying this about Russell Wilson. This is the closest it's felt to Tebow time where <laughs> 80% of the game is just utter dog shit. The defense keep, <clears throat> Oh my God, this my throat. The defense keeps you in a game for three quarters with turnovers, with ball luck, like you name it. And then like you said, you turn it on when it's like, Oh shit, like we need a touchdown or we need a drive and they put it together. And then it ends up being more about, his brand, what's going on with him before and after the game versus having a good game that, yeah, I, I don't feel good about the Broncos at all. And the fact that they got this win is good, but they were losing this game without, if Trent Williams didn't get hurt, they weren't winning this game. Yeah. So. And they, I mean, there was, there were just errors all around and that's stuff you would expect from a first time coach potentially, but Broncos can't afford to make these types of mistakes, and they are lucky to pull out a one-point victory in this game, which straight up became because Jimmy G ran out of the end zone. I get McManus missed a field goal, which would have made it a little different, but quite frankly, it probably is better um, that the 49ers fumbled where they did because it made it that much harder for them to come back, um, putting everything on Jimmy G's shoulders, right, instead of yeah. just saying, all right, kick a field goal and have have the Broncos have to have to come back from a two score deficit. So I just neither team inspired me, but Russ just doesn't look like the whatever you want to call him because you know guaranteed money versus actual contract money is so different. Yeah. But at the very least, one hundred and fifty million dollar guaranteed man. He he. I I actually love the Tebow analogy because it's kind of a a rah rah here we go type of thing versus a actually execute. You know, it's just yeah. like. Praise be, it'll all work out. And so far, on somehow, some way, it has worked out that they're two and one. They're tied for the top, the the lead in the AFC West with with the Chiefs. And what we thought was going to be a, a super uh, competitive AFC West, which I still believe it will be, is yeah. now led by uh, two two and one teams, a one and two team, and an zero oh and three team. Yeah, I I did not think the AFC West was going to shake out like this to start, and while I'm happy to see the Broncos on top for now, it's definitely one of those like, like I honestly put them at the level of the Bears being two and one, and I know that's throwing shade at the Bears a little bit, but like, oh, this is the time to do it. <laughs> da da daddy's Daddy's asleep right now. Get it in um, while we can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I feel like Denver's that team in the AFCs where it's like, oh, they're two and one, but like, are you scared of them? No, like not at all. I mean, what they, what's they, they score? They haven't even scored 16 points in a game this year, right? Like they, the offense has been absolutely uh, miserable. It's the defense carrying them completely. Defense has been carrying. I think they got 19 against Houston. I think they got seven, They got 16 against the Seahawks. 16 against Houston. Oh my and god. And 11 against the 49ers. So yeah, 
two two score game or three two score games basically if you want to give them two point conversions to get them to 16 so not something that you're going to be able to compete with most likely against the the raiders even though the with what the raiders d is doing right now as long as you can come out hot you're probably standing a chance we can get to yeah. that one later but then you got colts chargers even the jets have been putting up some points yeah, they're frisky. um so uh it it'll be interesting to see what they do you know the next two, three, four weeks, if they're still, uh, they're still in it. Oh yeah. I, I don't think they will be, and I don't feel good about it. And, uh, I guess to segue into other teams that no one ever feels good about the Cowboys and giants on, on Monday night, another NFC East showdown on Monday night, which people wish would go away. Um, (laughs) yeah, I guess what you take away here is Cooper rush, the guy, it brings in the bucks, uh, not like the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, good, good luck, Tampa, this weekend. Um, is Cooper Rush the guy? In a way, yes. It, to me, is about playing within the offense and not forcing things. And I think Cooper Rush is doing that much better than Dak has. Dak has, had, has felt like he needs to be the superhero, the guy, put it all on my back, put it all on my shoulders, and just Cooper Rush being able to play free and saying, I'm going to do just damn enough, let my actual playmakers take care of me here. It, it's kind of freeing, and it's an interesting uh, strategy. I mean, you, th- you throw out a, like a Kirk Cousins over the last couple of years, right? And mm-hmm. is he spectacular? By no means is he spectacular, but no. is he consistent? Yes, he sucks in prime time. It, but <laughs> like, can't it, does he do what you expect? Can he hit things on time? It's why Mac Jones was successful last year, quite frankly. Uh, and again, we'll talk about the, the sadness that is Mac Jones right now. Um, but he, he played within himself. He played within the offense, and it's about timing and execution, and Cooper Rush is doing that way better than Dak Prescott had been for the past six or seven games if you throw in the end of last year. Okay. I like it. Um, I mean, is it is it enough to be a quarterback competition when he gets back? Fuck. Or, Are you or is Jerry me? just being like, I'm fucking Jerry Jones? I, I, we don't talk we don't talk about fantasy football here because uh it's quite frankly not important but i will throw the one caveat out there that i drafted ezekiel elliott not because i thought ezekiel Elliott was even the best running back on his team but because <laughs> jerry jones is just so involved in the situation that he's going to make it look like he made good decisions so who's going to get the goal line carry it's going to be zeke elliott who's going to get the ball at the quarterback position, when both are healthy, it's going to be Dak Prescott. You don't pay a dude the $40 million a year to say, hey, guess what? We found your successor, even though that's exactly how Dak got his job against Tony Romo, right? Oh, like yeah. He, <laughs> I, I still contend that Tony would have done better in the playoffs than Dak would have that year, but Jerry was so stubborn saying, look what I fucking I made that across. decision. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, fourth round draft pick, saw his talent, uh, an SEC quarterback knew what was going to happen. He went what thirteen and zero in his it, to start his uh, career. Um, yeah, and behind so the best offensive like, line in football and the strongest right. run game exactly. And, and it's just like, so is that Tony or is that Dak that's getting you there? No, but it's yeah. again about saying <clears throat> Dak was playing within himself at that point, and he wasn't expected to be the superhero. You take that level of burden off of these people when you say it doesn't have to be all about you bro you can let the team do what you need to do uh and then jerry is the antithesis of that which is guess what i made these decisions for this team uh 
Zeke Elliott's going to get the ball. Dak Prescott's going to get the ball. Shit, I might trade for Amari Cooper to get him back in here because he's playing well again right now, and maybe we can get him on a discounted contract. Um, I mean, he's Dr. Jerry Jones. The number of times he's talked about uh, Michael Gallup is absolutely insane. Shut up. Let your team do what they're going to do. Um, full disclosure, I also drafted Michael Gallup because I think they're going to force feed him the fucking ball. Um, <laughs> but let's get to the let's get to the Giants. Um, I thought they were frauds at two and zero. Are they even more frauds now after losing to the Cooper rushes? Probably. Uh, yeah, I think they surprised Tennessee in Week One. I don't even remember who they beat in Week Two. Uh, yeah, I think this was just like they be, they beat the uh, Panthers in week two. Yeah, another team that's just like I don't even think they know what they want and what they're doing. That I mean, the fact that they never extended or ex- exercised jo- Daniel Jones's fifth year option means they're already they, they're they're already done they, with him. And so I'm sure they're just like, hey, go out there and play football. And if we win games, cool. It builds up the culture. And if we lose we're going to we're going to draft your replacement. Uh <clears throat> I was expecting more from Saquon. I mean, even with Dallas being a decent front eight, aka just Micah Parsons being a game wrecker. <laughs> I thought I, I guess it's like I don't even know if is Saquon even that good. Like is do we just assume because he's such a freak athlete that he should be good or is he kind of what he is only going to be and that's a guy that gets 15 touches and is a better version of Trent Richardson to me is that that offensive line just leaves so much to be desired. Like Daniel Jones, quite frankly, from what I saw last night played amazing for the amount of pressure that he was under for the lack of options that he had, the drops by Kenny Galladay on third down, like everything that you've done to surround them with stuff. Evan Neal, got beat multiple times, had false start penalties. It just, it was a dumpster fire on that offensive side of the ball. And Daniel Jones held his own. Um, I love watching him run. I kind of wish that Eli Manning ran this much because it would just be so much damn funnier if it was Eli (laughs) versus Daniel Jr. um, Since they basically are the same person, but they're just, the offense has leaves so much, um, uh, room for error like daniel jones was playing out of his ass to get a 41.6 qb rating quite frankly i just they can't uh, hold it off um yes they shocked the, t- the titans but that was because they went for it on two-point conversion they would have got their shit rocked in overtime i'm absolutely confident of that um yeah. they took the they took their shot where they had it the against the panthers they won by three but Baker Mayfield, we don't even have to go into that game, except for I guess it's probably going to be my bonus pick later. Uh, he's <laughs> running around like he is lost in that offense. I don't know what Matt Rule is doing. Um, even Christian McCaffrey's running around like he's lost because he's like, they're, I, if you give me the ball 25 times a game, I should have 250 yards. There is just no cohesion to that offense, and they still were within three points of the New York uh, the New York Giants. So I think this is a dumpster fire. Everyone knew they were frauds. I was actually pulling for them because would have had the Eagles at 3-0, and the Giants at 3-0, and and the Dolphins at 3-0. and And who would have guessed that that was the undefeated ranks uh, going into Week 3? The This is already the fewest undefeated teams you've had in Week 3 in over a decade. 
Damn. <clears throat> so in the year that we thought there would be zero parody, there's mm -hmm. arguably the most parody in a long time. Bills go down. Chiefs go down. It, it's been Chargers went yeah. down. Yeah, Chargers went down twice. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, let's just talk about them really quick. Like, they're falling like flies. It's Chargers 101. Like, we're back to square one of the Chargers find way to charger to charge. Even I was if I going to say, yeah, I'll turn this over to you because I was not in. I did not believe that the Chargers would continue to charge like they have. I thought at some point they have to turn over the injury bug. But I mean, you could rattle off a Dead Sea Scrolls worth of names on their on their roster right now that are, are banged up. Um, is this the demise of them or do they still have enough to, to hold out through the year? Um, I mean, if the Raiders weren't 0-3, Den if Denver wasn't limping into 2-1 and and the Chiefs showing that they're kind of beatable, even though I think they kind of just gave that game, <clears throat> I think they gave that Colts game away a little bit. Uh, I think with the AFC West starting slow, it gives them hope. But I mean, I know every team gets injuries, but they're getting injuries at like every key position. The main one being quarterback. And I've, I've never, I've cracked a rib, but I've never like done any cartilage damage. Like, is I don't know if that's something that lingers for a long time or is it just like, a pain tolerance thing so there's less blood flow to cartilage than there is to bone so uh yeah. potentially will linger longer for for justin herbert um i'm in agreement with the the larger base that uh i hate the word pain tolerance because all of these guys are playing through pain and it doesn't make them a bitch for saying damn this hurts when i move right. because guess what i hurt when i move out of bed in the morning um and haven't done a fucking single thing the day before yeah. so um i'm worried for the chargers and that they lost Rashawn slater that is yeah. just like trent uh trent williams a huge blow to them and if they can't keep justin herbert upright like they've been able to um this the last season where he was a pro bowl tackle then they're it's going to be tough for them. Um, I was yeah. more surprised by any, on anything, though, by the defense. I know they also had some injuries. They also had some people not starting. But the Jags put up 38 on the Chargers. Yeah, they, they made Trevor won, Lawrence look like a dude. They hadn't won an away game since 2019. They This was <laughs> nine I mean, straight road losses, and then they pull out a 28-point victory against the Chargers. And what, that's what on gives? brand. That's that's Chargers yeah. brand. You're like, oh, you have a record that you guys are trying to break. Yeah, we can we can help you guys out with that. I mean, yeah, I know the injuries are scary for the Chargers. You got Keenan Allen who can't can already not stay on the field. Like his weapons aren't healthy. Mike Williams is always a ticking time bomb. I swear his like limbs are like too long for his body. That like just makes him like injury prone. Guyton <laughs> uh, towards ACL. Yeah, like there's just. They're dropping like flies. I hate seeing injuries, and so hopefully they can find a way to get through it. And as long as Herbert is dishing out the ball, you know, you always have a chance. But if he's one hit away from making that injury worse, that's very concerning. And if everyone's dropping like flies, like what's to say, hey, we should like chill out a few weeks? But with that speculation, the Jaguars, are they for real this year? Are they going to be like the team that plays everyone close? Or is this just changing the culture urban Meyer, like you couldn't get any worse than urban Meyer. So this is like, Holy shit, they're amazing. Or are they legit? I want to believe they're legit. 
Um, I don't think the Colts know who they are. Uh, maybe they figured that out this week. Uh, I still think they had a lot of luck to figure out who they were this week. Oh, yeah. um, and I'd like to think that with the Jags having a fourth place schedule, that they had you know something that could keep them competitive. But they still play the they still play the Colts again. The Titans twice. They've got they're playing the AFC West, and that's where I think that it's gonna come back to bite them. That they got Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs. Obviously, they beat the Chargers, um, but Ravens on their schedule. There's just not a lot of easy victories to get to get home here. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, you got the Jets. Texans are in your division. They do play the Lions. We know the Lions are feisty. I don't yeah. think that they can do enough to get past the the Colts and the Titans, though, at this point. It's just there's too much talent on the Colts. Um, and Derrick Henry for the Titans just keeps me enthralled enough that yeah. I think that they're going to be able to to make some noise. Um, I, I'm not sure that I consider them a playoff team, but I would definitely put it uh, Colts, Titans, Jags if I was going to rank the end-of-season division rankings uh, at this okay. point. Uh, great victory for them, but these are also kind of victories that can go two ways to me. It either goes to your head and says, hey, we're there, and yeah. you you find out you're not against the Eagles the next week, or it's one of those where it it just continues to motivate you and you continue to feed off of. And I think that they're too young. I, I believe in Doug Peterson that he can potentially get them there. He kind of did it with the Eagles squad when he took them to the Super Bowl, right? Like he got, he's like, yeah. hey, Nick Foles is our dude, right? Yeah, well, he it. is now because he's our only dude we got. Um, <laughs> But I just I don't think that they're quite there yet. They're not going to be disciplined enough to take off um, this year. But I would be scared if I was the Colts or the Titans for two, three years from now because they're on their downswing and the Jags are clearly on their upswing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, do you think they go over 500? Like, or do you think a 500 to them is like a damn good season? I think especially that they'll with fall, the schedule. I think they'll fall just below 500. Okay. Uh, I, just because of the uh, thinking better from a wins uh, improvement standpoint, I don't see them going and winning all of a sudden seven more games than they than they were expected to. But they're going to be feisty. They're going to be fun. Trevor Lawrence, great for him. He's the one that needs the motivation more than anything. Right after just 100%. getting, I, I I'm I'm impressed that he didn't just fall into a shell of himself after what he was dealt with for the first 13 games last year with Urban Meyer potentially rubbing up against him um, in the huddle. I don't know what happened there, um, kicking him on the sideline. Um, well, I mean, if you came up, if Urban Meyer yeah. came up to to Trevor Lawrence from behind, would you know that it was the blonde at the bar or Trevor Lawrence? You probably would, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's like damn she's beautiful who's <laughs> <laughs> a six foot four just right. goddess right he's like damn i haven't seen a blonde yeah. this beautiful since college and he's just like what the fuck i was still in college basically um uh, but no i'm right. excited i'm excited for the jags i i really Me am uh, i just don't think that this is gonna be quite their year in it and it's probably better that it's not quite their year i mean you saw the the Bengals go from nothing to amazing to back to maybe not that great again and that's kind of what happens if you peak too too early okay i agree i'm i'm excited i'm I'm mostly happy for trevor lawrence i was similar to you so worried about his development because of urban but 
I'm glad it worked everything out. There is one more person I'm super pumped about, um, and you'll appreciate this one. It's James Robinson. How did Urban not turn him into anything last year if he's got ETN roaring down his neck, if not being the 1A in this relationship, and he's still just spit. He's just spitfire. He's just Dude. churning out yards. He's quite frankly unstoppable. Um, one of the better backs in the league for, I believe, an undrafted or seventh round draft pick. Um, undrafted, it's been, yeah. It's been impressive what he's been able to do uh, against all of this adversity, and that was with an Achilles tear too, right? Yeah, so and he came back pretty quick, or like quicker yeah. than normal. <clears throat> yeah, he, so, he, he, he gets it done. I'm excited for both of them. Even Evan Ingram at tight ends, like yeah. rear resurgence potentially. Um, Christian Kirk is kind of living up to his contract. Like that was surprising to me. But the Zay Jones was holding it down. I was not expecting to spend this much time on the Jack, but maybe we need to start putting them into our segments a little bit more because what they did to the Chargers deserved time, quite frankly. Like yeah, it, it, it makes was a sense domination. To talk, talk more about the Jags and the Chargers after this week for sure. Absolutely. Uh, we're gonna keep it in the AFC south with the colts upsetting the chiefs this was your bonus pick and i guess is your takeaway and by that i won but yeah what was my takeaway uh more like is this more of a big win for the colts or a bad loss for the chiefs i mean it can be both but i mean it's a it's a huge win for the colts because they are they have the they've been fucked the best equilibrium record um that they could one one and one um they needed this victory but it doesn't mean that much to either team um there's actually quite a few games this was a super exciting week of football to me with mm -hmm. games that didn't actually probably mean as much as they did we'll sure assuredly talk about the bills dolphins but do i think that the dolphins are the better team now than the bills fuck no do yeah. I think that the the Colts are a better team than the Chiefs? Fuck no. Um, <laughs> the Colts got a muff punt inside their five that they were able to punch in for a touchdown. They had a missed field goal for the Chiefs. They had a, a completely asinine failed fake field goal attempt. Um, there were just there were just miscues all around for the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are normally a team that has enough firepower to overcome those mistakes, mm -hmm. and they didn't this time. Um, I am happy that Patrick Mahomes' uh, interception luck finally caught up with him so that I can <laughs> like at least point to fucking something. Like, guys, this is what I've been talking about. Right. He yeah, throws interceptions. Um, but uh, it, the, Chiefs were, the Chiefs were out of sorts, uh, but the Colts did nothing to me to show that they are they're back by any means. It was nice to have Michael Pittman back. That's a decent relationship, but Jonathan Taylor's nowhere near what he was last year and what they need him to be to no. be competitive long-term. Um, the defense isn't quite there to me still. Um, I, I, know, yeah. I think they're still missing Darius Leonard, right? So um, that, makes it, that makes it harder. It'll be interesting to see what happens when he comes back. Um, but the Chiefs defense isn't shabby by, this, by any means. I mean, if you give up a free touchdown within your own five, that's not going against the defense in my book. So hold yeah. the Colts to 13 points. Um, it, it, it really was... A meaningless game to me and everything except for your record says what your record is but again i always caveat that with that's at the end of the fucking season like oh and three three and oh doesn't mean shit um you can talk to the 2021 cardinals about that yeah no shit <laughs> yeah uh, which actually that you saying that had i had a shower thought about that same thing is it do you think now that 
teams aren't playing much preseason or like the teams that kind of have their identity set teams that have those superstar players at superstar positions since they're not running as much preseason are we going to find that it's way more common for quote unquote like shittier teams to have hotter starts because they're playing all their starters in preseason minutes and getting kind of ramped up for september yeah i think it's entirely plausible especially when um i mean we talked about that with jimmy g earlier right not a yeah. single damn rep um and they looked out of sorts that it number of times he threw behind debo and Ayuk was just flabbergasting because like rough. i i i could miss a receiver by two and a half yards behind them um <laughs> just just fine um and the the chiefs did play their their starters a little bit in preseason um but i i think that there's a feeling out period i think that um always want to tie it back to bill belichick credit where i can that they've kind of proven out over the last you know 20 years that maybe september's not all it's not as important to get the w in september as it is mm -hmm. to figure out how you're going to get the w in january and that strategy has has proven well for them they also had you know the greatest quarterback of all time at that point but I think that it, it it does play out in some regards here that you're willing to take a little bit more risk, try out a couple more things in September, realizing that, hey, there's now even an extra game, right? We've got true. 13 yeah. more games after September. Let's find out how we're going to win those games. Um, never want to lose, don't get me wrong. But And I don't think that that's like per se what the Chargers were doing by any means. They got their no. asses handed to them. Yeah. But close games like this chiefs colts where it could have been a coin flip either way um it doesn't surprise me that the inferior team is able to pull it out um early in the season i would be surprised if this went the same way if we were talking week 15 16 i agree i definitely think it was a moral victory a bigger moral victory for the colts than a demoralizing loss for the chiefs especially with the chiefs being the championship pedigree that they are they're probably like yeah we yeah. fucked that up but you know yeah. We got another matchup I mean, next week that we got to get after. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll then save it till we get to the, the bills. But that, that loss is probably one of the more terrifying things that could have happened to the league, in my opinion. Um, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so we got two more games left in week three that I think are worth mentioning. We're going to kick it to, I mean, is there maybe, maybe three more games? Uh, we'll touch on the Packers bucks just real, real quick. Similar vibe early in the year versus end of the year, both being veteran quarterbacks. Any concern on either side of the coin here, if you're the Packers or the Bucks, whether you got a win or a loss today, or are you just worried about them in December? Win, loss, no. Um, am worried about the Bucks still not having a, a touchdown in the first half. I think that that is very concerning oh, man. Uh, for them. Um, I think that Rodgers... Did a, you know, he did a little bit. He he had a connection with Romeo Dobbs, which was, I'm sure, great for him to feel feel out. Um, but he still only put up 14 points, and all 14 points of those came in the first half. So I think that both of these teams are still very much learning, very much feeling out. Um, not concerned about either of them at this point because they have so much talent on the defensive side of the ball that I think that they can both hang in there. And then we've got the quarterbacks at the level that they play um that you'll be able to figure it out it's kind of an antithesis right it's for for brady it's once he gets his veteran receivers back and then for for rogers it's once he trains his rookie receivers <laughs> what the fuck to do yeah. so um I'm, I'm not concerned about either of these teams you 
want a W each and every time. I love the parody, quite frankly, uh, that they're both two and one at this point, which means that mm-hmm. there's not a clear favorite between the two quote unquote goats um, yeah. already early in the year. And it, for Rodgers, it was a big victory because he doesn't have a great record against Brady. This gets him gets him a little bit closer um, to saying, hey, I competed with the GOAT, um, and I just wish Rodgers wasn't such a dick. Uh, the Jumbotron <laughs> comment, which had zero meaning whatsoever, um, wouldn't elaborate it at all, even on the Pat McAfee show today, as to what he was actually saying. He's just spewing shit out of his ass because... Um, I guess that's what, uh, that's what, uh, I can't even think of his name right now. I want to say Tom Cruise, cause Tom Cruise is in every fucking movie. Um, who's the face off guy? Oh, Nick Cage. Nick Cage. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Cage just wants it to be on him. Not a, not a role he won't say no to. Um, and I kind of feel like that's, uh, Aaron Rodgers at this point. Yeah. I definitely think he enjoys being the villain or at least like trolling the media or trolling fans and watching them get triggered over things that, yeah. Clearly, he doesn't give a shit about. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm similar with you about. I don't think either team's hitting the panic button really, especially in the divisions that they're in. It doesn't seem like <clears throat> there's much of a threat in the NFC North after the Vikings have shown what they've shown. Uh, the Bear, I'm not too worried about the Bears. Lions are cover dogs, but are you really going to take the Lions over Aaron Rodgers? And then AFC or N- NFC South, like. Saints look bad, Falcons are the Falcons, and the Panthers are the Panthers. Like, yeah, I'm not so worried about it. It's all about getting to the playoffs at that point, and one, if not both of these teams, is probably getting a top-four seed just because that's how seeding works out in in the NFL. So I'm I'm with you on that, and it's, it's fucking fun. It really is. Like, the fact that we're talking about Brady or Rodgers potentially not being elite at this point because it was a 12 14 game is just it's just fucking fun i'm sorry it is and it's week three so there's so much more speculation being like injuries could heal shit could Mm -hmm. get worse shit could get better coaches could suck more yeah i mean okay so to stay on the trend of injuries unfortunately um what do you mean fortunately we got brian hoyer we got brian hoyer (laughs) you got the brian hoyer how many times has he been a Patriot? Is this his third stint? I think stint? this is his, it's at least his third stint. Um, I quoted him as his fourth stint. I haven't done the, the research on that to confirm it, but it's at least his third stint that I'm well aware of. Hey, he must know how to tuck Bill, Bill in at night or make sure his coffee's the perfect temperature in the morning because he's got job security with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. It's, all it is is what we what I talked about before is knowing when to be and where to be at each individual time. It looks like this is his third stint with the Patriots, but he's an extension of the coaching staff, quite frankly. Like, if you watch Mac Jones throw his third pick of the fucking day, he goes over and he talks to Brian Hoyer. He's not talking to Joe Judge. He's not talking to Matt Patricia. He's talking to Hoyer, and he's like, hey, did you see that? And he's like, yeah, I, I did that. And then I got cut by the Patriots and played for the Steelers, and I got cut by the Steelers, and I played for the Cardinals, and I got cut by the Cardinals, and I played for the Browns. Um four more or five more teams removed and stop throwing fucking INTs. Um, little piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Went off on a tangent there. It's hey, um, a safe but, space. Let it all out. But yeah. So uh, this is another fun thing as far as being a box score bitch on these games. Patriots were right there. Like the negative three or the three point spread for the Ravens was within 
legitimate striking distance if not for a late Nelson Aguilar fumble um, inside Ravens territory while they were down five, uh, similar to what happened in week two and week four last year. The Patriots just can't afford to not execute in those games. Um, it They don't have the firepower, even though they finally started to show a little bit of downfield movement in this last game. Um, but is... Lamar Jackson, your MVP, because he got that extra possession? <laughs> I mean, he's definitely making a strong case. I'm, I just still don't know about that defense and how I feel about I thought their defense was going to be way better than what it's been, that Lamar's going to be up there for MVP, but I, I don't know if he's going to get it. Um, just to stay on the Patriots real quick. I also don't know what possession you're talking about because I may or may not have missed that game. <laughs> it was, was it was the la- it was the second to last drive. Um, Patriots with about five minutes left had the ball, um, hit a long crossing route to Nelson Aguilar, run, ran probably 10, 12 yards after the catch, and then got punched out from behind. And great play to recover the ball in inbounds. Um, Ravens took it right down and put another touchdown Lamar Jackson run on the board. Uh, And then Mac Jones got hurt trying in garbage time, essentially at that point, trying to heave ho. Oh shoot. Did he have four interceptions then? I think he had four interceptions. Damn. That was bad game. Um, (laughs) That uh, to win it. And Calais Campbell came down right on his ankle. And Mm. quite frankly, when we talk about tackles that should be taken out of the game, that was one of them. I don't know how you could control it because, uh, it's a big dude going after another big dude, uh, but pulling him down underneath your own legs is always was always dangerous. And Mac yeah. Jones got rolled up, and I'm sure he's gone for at least eight weeks. Uh, in my opinion, get surgery, get him right. If you want anything to do with your future, this season's probably not there. So just make sure you get him back. So is the expectation, you being a Patriots fan, just hey, let's get a good draft pick, or do you think there's enough? No. Question no, marks the defense across. is still, I mean, the, honestly, the defense bottled up Lamar very well for a majority of the game. Um, it wasn't until the very end. There were a couple couple misses, couple big plays, which is, you know, what any sports fan would say, right? It's like, oh, we were right there. Uh, yeah. But this defense is still a championship-caliber defense in my mind, and I think that they've proven that by holding Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill to zero touchdowns outside of a fourth down conversion at the end of the half. Um, They, they played well last week against the Steelers. Granted that was Mitch Trubisky, uh, but they were in the position to win the game. And I don't know that Brian Hoyer's honestly that much of a downgrade from Mac Jones because they play very similar styles. Granted, I haven't seen the damn 36-year-old play in quite some time, so I don't know what his arm strength is, what everything else, you know, where he stands. But Mac Jones wasn't overly impressive with put, being able to push the ball downfield or anything. So as long, they've got a game manager, and that's what they're doing. I mean, shit, Bill Belichick turned Matt Castle into a Pro Bowl quarterback um, from from absolutely nothing. So I'm, I'm not I'm not holding out for a draft pick at all at this point if I'm the Patriots. I think that's going to be tough to make it to the playoffs, but they're going to compete. Bill's too prideful to not compete. I like it. I mean, especially with Hoyer being basically a Tom Brady, you know, clone, mm-hmm. maybe they can mix up some of that old magic. Uh, yeah, just get him a, a supermodel wife, and maybe that's all he needs. Right, fixes everything. I mean, that might be the cure to everything. 
to men's <laughs> success, supermodel wives. Um, speaking of MVP talks, what was the preseason unanimous MVP uh, odds guy pick was Josh Allen and Vegas. While I don't think it's fully flipped, Tua Tagovailoa is up there as an MVP candidate. In what was probably the most shocking game of week three, the Bills getting upset by the Dolphins in Miami, where the strippers were at the tailgates and rocking Bills fans' world. Tua shocks the Bills. And how do you feel about the Miami Dolphins being 3-0? and and leading that um, I'll, division. I'll go back to, well, anytime you bring strippers in this podcast, good job. Um, <laughs> but I'll go back to the just Vegas must be enjoying all the Miami fans throwing away their money on Tua as an MVP candidate. He's got eight TDs and two interceptions on the year, and six TDs came in one fucking game. So let's yeah. just let's just slow our roll right here. Um, if anything, uh, he was not the cause of them winning um, against the Bills. Uh, the storyline that everyone's talking about at this point was why was he even in the fucking game? Um, I have back problems. Lots of people have back problems. Never once have I lost my balance with multiple steps due to back problems. I've definitely had impinged nerves, done things where I will just bit straight collapse. But Or like dude, lock you up or something. Yeah. Yeah, the dude uh, he described his back as feeling like Gumby. It's like you only feel like Gumby if there is a issue with your brain transmitting yeah. neuromuscular function to the lower half of your body. That's not yeah. something where oh my back hurts and goddamn does it feel loose? I could I could fucking swing free right now. Like it just everything about it just reeked of what does player safety quite frankly mean? Um, yeah. I. Never want to see anybody get injured, but I was also saying, okay, sweet, this is going to cover this week because two was out. Um, there was a small part of me that was like, okay, maybe Teddy can come in and just absolutely crush it and prove it out that two is, you know, a six TD fluke. Um, yeah. But the fact that he was back in that game was absolutely asinine. Take your money, Vegas, if anybody wants to put um, MVP money on him. Um, this is another game where it doesn't mean that much to me. If the Bills, the Bills had, not even, sorry, I almost said, the Bills had 400 yards of offense. No, Josh Allen himself had 400 yards passing and then four, 46 more yards rushing. So um, 40 minutes of possession. Like the Dolphins did not deserve to win this game in any way whatsoever. There was a bunch of miscues. And I said it earlier, I would be terrified if I was the rest of the AFC that this is the one that gets the undefeated monkey off their back because we know yeah. that that's something that hold that teams hold over themselves when they're sitting at 7-0, and 8-0, oh, and, oh, and it's just like, okay, I'm a little nervous right now. Are we going to be able to do it? Now they don't have that anymore. Now they've got a vengeful thing against a division rival within sure. the conference that they need to overcome now to say just to win their division, right? So yeah. they've, they essentially need to win two more games than Miami at this point, and then seeing what the other Miami matchup does, maybe even more, so that they can win out the division outright. And I would be absolutely terrified. Uh, one thing that was concerning to me, though, Josh Allen was thrown off his back foot quite a bit, and I yeah, haven't seen couple... that since the first and second year that he played. Hopefully mm -hmm. they correct that for Josh Allen's sake right now because – 
he i mean he's got a tremendous arm he can't he has the strength for it but that's not how you execute and that's how they mm. failed on that fourth down uh short short out right is that yeah he where was, he spiked it yeah yeah was, well no no um at the end of the game when he basically was thrown off his back foot and threw it four yards short um to the uh end zone that basically lost them the game um game the, like a, that was one where they gave him like a bounce pass right exactly yeah, yeah. Um, it was perfect perfect accuracy just you know <laughs> five yards short of the receiver yeah so um we've got a lot of takeaways from this game but i'll turn it over to you see if there's anything that that uh you want to want to pick on uh i do think i agree that this loss definitely helped it's a perfect time for the bills to have this loss kind of a a little wake-up call especially first two weeks felt and looked so easy for them that i do think those throws off the back foot were probably josh getting a little too comfortable and so i agree that this is a perfect game for them to be like hey dude like we're really fucking good but if you keep throwing off your back foot like you have film now to be like this is what's going to fucking happen like you're not you're really good but you're not a god you're not untouchable like you still have yep. to do the fundamentals do the right things make the right plays um i thought they would get gabriel davis more involved than they did but I, he's coming off an injury which it's always concerning when someone gets an injury in practice i feel like those tend to linger more and some of the game injuries because those tend to be a little less like contact injuries um i definitely don't th- i to be honest i changed the channel when Tua was wobbly <laughs> because i was like oh this game's over so i put on different games and to, when i saw him back in the game i like flipped over thinking it was a replay and i yeah did they bring in they ended up bringing in like a third party right to investigate well there's like, always a- doing it unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant at every game um but the protocol which was followed per the nfl is a little bit ambiguous as to how they determine whether or not it is a um neurological issue with them basically a gross instability is it a neurological cause or is it some other fundamental cause and from what it sounds like is if you tell them your back hurts, which is what my dad told me to do when I was in second grade, if I ever got in a car accident, just tell them your back hurts because <laughs> nobody can fucking prove it, yeah. um, that they say, okay, yep, this could be caused by a back injury instead. But uh, there's n- <laughs> no Monday morning quarterback, Monday morning unaffi- unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant uh, watching that play that says that, hey, he didn't get his shit rocked. And not saying that, you can't come back and be recovered from that. The whole point is that you're not supposed to compound these concussions, right? And we're talking yeah. about a traumatic brain injury, swelling of the brain. If it's enough to get you to where you can't function for even a minute after the injury, then you're at so much more risk of it injuring you long-term than yeah. if you just say, hey, we're out. But hey, money's money. It made a fucking storyline. The NFL probably couldn't be happier right now with a Dolphins win and something that keeps it in the news for one to two weeks while they're doing an independent investigation from the NFLPA to see whether or not everything was up to snuff. Dude, the fact that he just, Goodell's made everything third part, any drama related, he's just like, oh no, that's a third party thing now. You know, we're going to listen to what the third party does. That way it just like removes them of all guilt or all, bad publicity while also still having that publicity yeah keep them relevant yeah. it's i tried it's that impressive. i tried that in my marriage it didn't it did not work out so <laughs> I, good for you goodell 
Um, but I would not recommend it for the everyday uh, encounter saying, you know, that's third party's decision. <laughs> well, before we hop in to the primetime picks, any other takeaways from that game or any other game from week three? Uh, we have to hit on the Cardinals and Kyler Murray sucking again. But considering the Cardinals are going to be my bonus pick, I think we can go ahead and move on to uh, to the primetime games for, I guess it's the Dolphins again. Is yes. Tua going to be ready? His back hurts. <laughs> I mean, we know Tyreek's ready. Uh, in a post-game interview, he was asked if he's looking forward to the game. And I do love how pro athletes, like, really are so, like, in the moment where, like, most of the time they're like, who do we play next week? And they're like, you play the Bengals. And he was like, oh, he's like, Eli Apple, I owe you one. And so <laughs> Tyreek's ready. I don't know what that was all about. I'm sure it was Eli Apple chirping him from stuffing him before the, in the first half of the AFC Championship game. But Tyreek is motivated. <clears throat> but... As motivated as Tyreek is, the Dolphins are going into Cincinnati as underdogs. The Bengals are getting four points. Who are you liking here? I don't know how Miami is a four-point underdog with what that defense was able to do with Josh Allen and what the Bengals line hasn't been able to do for Joe Burrow. Uh, I get it's a short week. It maybe Tua is actually limited by an ankle injury because it's definitely not his back. I I just haven't seen enough from the Bengals. I, 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 th I don't feel good about this one. Don't get me wrong. I think the Bengals are, quite frankly, a better team than the Dolphins if we were to compare them Eli Apples to Eli Apples uh, based <laughs> on where the where the team is right now. But to give me the points with the Dolphins. They're just too explosive. They probably win this one outright, even on a short week. I, I don't understand the spread, quite frankly, which is the number one jinx, so better go against it. Yeah, I I actually am going to take the Bengals at minus four. Um, not really going analytical here. I'm just going with who do I think has more primetime moxie or primetime just it factor. And as much as Joe Burrow is going to get harassed, I will take Joe Burrow in primetime over Tua in primetime. And half of the motivation is just to watch. Like, I'm becoming more of a Tua believer, but nothing would have been happier to watch him, not watch him fail. I don't want to, I don't want to root for failure. <laughs> but I think it just would add to this narrative of, like, is he the guy? And if it just creates a circle of, like, three amazing games or maybe one amazing game with two average games that you just group together because he didn't suck, and then just have like a few bad games and just go back and forth. I think it'd be great, a, a great narrative and great uh, content. So yeah, I like the Bengals to have this game be a little closer than probably what it should be. But I mean, as bad as the O-line is, that Chase and Burrow connection and that Burrow and T Higgins connection is good. It's It's strong and I think It'll be I, th I think it's stronger than the Waddle and Phil <laughs> connection. I truly do. Um, I, when I said, you know, comparing these two teams, I, I would take the Bengals. FPI has the Bengals at a 75% chance to win. Uh, I just don't think that that O-line right now can handle what the Dolphins D-line was able to do to, to the Bills. Like if you're able to stifle Josh Allen and that offense that had punted 
what zero times in four of their last six or seven games um or sorry hadn't punted in four of their last seven games what they were able to do confound him just makes me think that they can keep it close enough dolphins are three three and oh against the spread Bengals are one and two against the spread i'm gonna i'm gonna take the gonna take the points here i like it um we're going off the cuff but i'm going off the cuff with this just totally roll with it here uh let's make our own little personal side bet since john's not here and we don't have his primetime picks do you want to guess what his picks are and see if we sure. can see if we can guess who he thinks he's going to go with uh, all right burrow on three one two three burrow, burrow. are you kidding me yeah. he's sucking that he's sucking that d anytime <laughs> he's got an opportunity to so all right we're, we're making your picks for you we're making your picks for you john there you go yeah, you're in Spain. You got enough to worry about with the London game. That, yeah. He's, well, speaking of the London game, you know. So we got, we got Kings. We got John taking the Bengals. Sorry, John, if you were taking the Dolphins, but you hate Tua, so we're pretty safe on this one. Uh, going to our international, our first international game of the year. Uh, John is over there covering the game, so maybe we'll get like a phone booth interview with uh, maybe Kurt Cousins on that Sunday morning. We'll see if we can get I something happen. Prefer but. to be Jameis Winston. Much better interview. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, talk about two just polar opposites. You've got a guy that fits that only works in a system that's structured well. And then you have another guy who you can feed him any system you want, but can he'll run probably. his system. He is yeah. systemless. The Vikings <laughs> are minus two and a half in London. Saints are considered the home team. I don't think that really matters in a away game in Europe. But who do you have? Vikings minus two and a half at the Saints. Uh, I hate this game because I can't decide whether or not this is prime time because technically in London, it's prime time and everywhere else in the greater world, it's a throwaway game that people are probably still either in church or not even fucking awake for the kickoff. Right. 630 um, AM Pacific start. Yeah. Uh, this one's tough to me because of the injury news. And I don't know if we've got Thomas Landry, Tracon Smith also got injured for the saints. Um, will Dalvin Cook be able to play with his uh, separated shoulder? I think that defense for the Saints is just it's gnarly. Um, so I I struggle to go against the Saints here. So give me the Vikings at minus two and a half. <laughs> Throw me a curveball there. Okay. Uh, I see. I keep struggling with this one because I keep seeing the Vikings winning by a field goal against the Saints team that lost to the Carolina Panthers, where Baker Mayfield has the worst QBR of starting quarterbacks. Makes me nervous. They beat the well, Falcons, though, by one. True, and the Falcons are also not, <laughs> not great. <laughs> they, can't, they figured out how to run Cordero, Cordero Patterson after eight years of teams not being able to do it, but... They can't figure out Kyle Pitts, who's a freak of nature. Um, okay. I'm just going to lean into the fact that this is Kirk Cousins is going to tell himself this isn't a primetime game, but I think it's going to confuse him when he starts healing all these accents and he's just God like, damn. oh man, this is he's like primetime and on a whole new level. That, yeah, this he's just like going to be double so confused. Prime. Yeah, he's Maybe like, it's these a aren't... double negative prime. Also, it's going to cancel it out. Yeah. See, I just figure he's like, these don't sound like Christian Midwest folk that. I must be, my life is threatened. And yeah, I'm, I'm taking well, the Saints no, here. That's a great point because uh, it's not necessarily about the timing of the day 
to me for Kirk Cousins as much as it is for probably most players because like your routine's different, right? If you've got a 100%. 1 p.m. game, you you understand what that is, and if you got to sit around for an extra four to six hours uh, before you're able to jump in, it's it's uh, throws a little bit of a wrench in there. Uh, Haven't considered that prime time is really just the spotlight on you, and it doesn't matter yeah. what time it is. It's that there's no competing games at that point in time. And the viewership is going to be through the roof because now you're throwing in an international audience that you never have during normal primetime games. So I, I wasn't feeling good about this one regardless, but I am still going to take the Vikings. I still think that they need, they need to get Jeff, Justin Jefferson back in the game. He's too talented of a receiver for him to go basically silent night for um, two of the three weeks that he's had. Uh, get him some you know notoriety in in london show him who he is and have some fucking fun so i i still do think the vikings are the better team at this point i can't trust the saints uh give me give me vikings with a with a joseph field goal to win it i like it uh if we had to guess john i feel like he would lean vikings but he also oh, hates Kirk goes, you think he'd yeah, go saints? he's go saints he's going saints all right so John's got the Bengals. Are you in charge Saints. of the graphic this year or this week? Because you could uh, totally like put a ghost or like skull and crossbones over his picture and just say, "Hey, this is this is what he picked." <laughs> yeah, I can uh, screenshot his graphic, and yeah, we'll 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 throw something on. Well, it'll, it'll be true chaos. The boss is out. We're we're having fun with it. He might not even see it. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> is, uh, go ahead. Is is Twitter even in your no? Twitter, Europe Twitter, if you want a quick tangent, British Twitter is wild. Completely different world. Like, you want to learn, like, just some random culture shit or just be, like, it's just... Throwing yous in everywhere. <laughs> governor. Hello, Governor. <laughs> the Queen. The Queen. Well... I wonder yeah, if he is going to go see the Queen. R.I.P. in peace, sir. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Rest in peace to the Queen. Whatever. God save the King. Did they change the song? We're just being culturally insensitive right now. Let's get back to football. <laughs> Probably. What we that's just proof that we like live it. We we're too much invested in the internet because I've just seen both sides of like mourning and then just like memeing of the entire like queen and king situation. That yeah. Too too entrenched <laughs> in the internet to be taking anything seriously. Um This is probably a game people are gonna take seriously though. The Sunday night game, Chiefs minus two in Tampa. Against Tampa Tom. Is it in Tampa? Got? That's my biggest question mark right now is the Chiefs know that they're they gotta get on a plane and they gotta go somewhere. The Bucks don't know if they're driving to the game or they're flying to the game, whether it's in Miami, Jacksonville, New Orleans, which would be absolutely dreadful for the Bucks. Uh Minnesota's <laughs> been thrown out as another neutral potentially neutral site. Uh, I liked the caveat of potentially Foxborough since the uh, uh, Patriots are away. Like that's the closest home game that Brady could probably oh get at this point. That um, would be so that would just cool. be that would just be fun. Um, with the challenges that this Bucks offense has gone through, I, I have no idea why this game is considered as close as it is. The the Chiefs usually have been hedged in Vegas as far as I, I think that they're their spreads have been ridiculously favored to say, hey, people believe in the Chiefs. Let's just see how fucking far they'll take this at only minus yeah. two. Even though the Bucks on paper probably should win this game, I'm I'm taking the Chiefs even at minus two. I 
they're going to be coming off a vic uh, loss that they are not happy about. The Bucks also are coming off a loss that they're not happy about. But the difference is Kansas City has the playmakers to yep. change that, and <clears throat> the Bucks don't right now. Yep, I agree. I, I like the Chiefs minus two as well. Uh, I think they also have the added motivation of trying to come back and beat Tampa from the reunion. Is this the first game since the Super Bowl? I don't think it is the reunion. but No, it's not. I'm um, pretty sure the Bucks took the Chiefs down la twice in a row at this point. Okay. I do think Mahomes has that competitive side that he wants to do well against Tom. Um, weather side, you know, I hope everyone's safe in Florida with the hurricane. Hope everything goes as smooth as possible. Natural disasters are always a pain in the ass. Um, I think regardless of where this game's played, the Chiefs get it done. And this is going to sound dumb, but the reason why I think it's the Chiefs is I just think there's too much trouble in paradise with Tom going on off the field that it's just he's he's a creature of habit. He's someone that's been used to having structure, used to having kind of things very put in place, everything having a role. And apparently they haven't been living together for a month. And that I feel like Tom being a creature of habit that's kind of, that kind of stuff is probably throwing a wrench in things more than more than probably people want to admit. And so, yeah, I think the Bucks are going to struggle a little longer until one, their weapons get back, and then two, until I think Tom can kind of get settled in. Which is funny to say that being a what just twenty second year in the league, and we're talking about Tom getting settled in. But maybe yeah, I like the Chiefs minus two. Maybe you can invite Jackson Mahomes to hang out with him, do some uh, social media promotions or something. That'll just uh, fix it all around. Um, we were actually incorrect. The Chiefs have not played the Bucks since the uh, Super Bowl loss, 9-31. So, so this is the redemption game potentially for the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs are probably about as good as they were that year. Uh, the Bucks, to me, are significantly worse than they were that year so um i think us both being on the chiefs i also think that uh our our main man the boss would be on the chiefs what do you think oh yeah he he's since preseason week one he's been chiefs are gonna win the afc so yeah i'm sure he's gonna be taking the chiefs for the rest of the year yeah and happy at that number <clears throat> two minus two you're not gonna get the chiefs at much less than that for toaster ended up getting what we can only call an EMP at his house. Um, that's probably not actually the case. I don't want anyone thinking that he got like swatted or DDoS or anything. But he said his his feed went out. He froze. He called me, and both his computers couldn't connect. But then his microphone was making a weird noise. Like it was more than just an internet issue, which makes it weird. But I was able to get the picks in from Toaster, and he is also on the Rams at plus two and a half. And I can't imagine that John would not feel the same way with the Niners getting, or with the Rams getting plus points against the Niners with so many question marks around the 49ers right now. Um, if we don't decide, you know, we're just going to do an extra bonus pick. The Vikings Saints game, it's technically not a primetime game, though it is a London game, which is like an international game, which you could say is even bigger than prime time. It's international time. But Toaster wanted to bring in for his bonus pick the Cardinals. This is a shocker. The Cardinals getting plus one and a half at the Carolina Panthers. 
The Carolina Panthers have gotten some, gotten a couple wins, but they eked, they eked out a win against the Saints. But the biggest takeaway here is that the Cardinals are getting points when they've kind of been the better team if, on paper against the Panthers. I think Vegas knows something here that we must not know that the Cardinals are getting plus points, but there's no injury report that's standing out as to why the Cardinals would be getting plus points. And so Toaster is taking Cardinals at plus one and a half. Basically, I mean, it's damn near close to just saying the Cardinals are going to win straight up. But Cardinals getting plus one and a half. That is Toaster's bonus pick. And my bonus pick is the Broncos, another kind of surprise team here, getting plus two and a half at the Raiders. I know the Broncos offense has been less than stellar and very much left to be desired. Uh, Melvin Gordon's been having fumbling issues and Nathaniel Hackett has not been playing Javante Williams as much as he probably should. But with the Broncos going into the into the Raiders, who are 0-3, I think that's the biggest shocker of the season so far. A uh, lot of offensive firepower, but their defense cannot stop anyone to save their life. And to be honest, I thought Derek Carr was going to take another step up getting Devontae Adams to add to the arsenal that is Hunter Renfro and also Darren Waller. But he's kind of been okay. He's, he hasn't been great with Devontae Adams being added to the picture. The offensive line has looked less than stellar. Their running game has been average at best, and their defense seemingly can't stay out of their own way. Um, so even with all of the issues with Denver on the offensive side, their defense is very good. Their defense is going to keep them in games, and this is not going to be a sexy game, but I do think the Broncos will win this game by a field goal or something within a field goal. And so the fact that they're getting two and a half points, I love the Broncos at plus two and a half at the Raiders. And since John loves to stick on the Bears game, on the Bears games, he's been covering those throughout the entire season so far. So I'm going to assume that that is going to be his bonus pick. Um, based on the performance the Giants put out, so it's Bears at Giants. The Bears are getting plus three and a half. Giants minus three, minus three and a half. Uh, with the performance of the Giants in uh, on Monday Night Football was showing that they lost to a Cooper Rush-led Dallas team and the game didn't really feel close at all. I think the Bears, with how they've been playing everyone tough this year, and they're 2-1. and one. Say what you want. Their offense isn't sexy. Justin Fields has 23 pass attempts in three weeks, which is insane, but also so on brand for being a Bears. I mean, it's just the Bears. The Bears play good defense and run the ball, and they muddy up the game, and it's a close game at the end. And if it's a close game at the end, the Bears are probably winning that game. And so I am going to assume that John is going to take the Bears at plus 3.5 at New York, New York's coming off a short week, looking like they're New York selves with a very bad O-line. I think the Bears will be able to keep that game close. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears win that game. So with the bonus picks, we got Toaster on the Cardinals. I'm on the Broncos. And John is on the Bears. So apologize for the technical difficulties. What turned into a three-man show that was in a two-man show is now ending with a one-man show. You know, every quarterback calls, calls audibles, and it looks like the intern is now having to call audibles. And, yeah, we're going to leave it at that. Thank you so much again for watching. Go ahead and follow us at NPTFBall on Twitter for all the latest updates on the games, as well as news regarding any injuries and things we like to talk about throughout the week. I'm rambling. I love you guys, and we'll see you next week.